Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the Internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, everybody. It's episode 15 of Biscuits. Our podcast is almost ready to go off to college. 15. It's a great age. I am Dave Lozo of Vice Sports, and where is Sean? Is Sean there? Hello? I am here. I'm here in Ottawa at the Vice office in my dining room. We got a ton to talk about this week. We have no time. This is to like the around. busiest week since we've been doing the podcast. I've also noticed that we do this thing where like one week we talk about Gerard Gallant and then like the next week we talk about the Panthers. And the next week it's like somehow it's Gerard Gallant again. And then last week we had a pretty thorough discussion on Claude. And now seven days later, here we are once again. Yeah. Claude. We talked about Claude last week and made a passing joke about wouldn't it be funny if he just immediately got hired by the Montreal Canadiens. Once again, this podcast breaks news way in advance. First it was Malkin, then it was Garth Snow, which I don't think anybody ever confirmed that one, but I don't know, it's still kind of newsy. And now, Claude to Montreal for five more years, baby. I love it. Yeah, you don't but, love it. You know, no, well, I don't love it because <laughs> it's I'm, I'm a Maple Leafs fan, so I don't love anything that's good for the Montreal Canadiens. And this is... You got Babs. Oh, yeah. But, but this is clearly good for Montreal in two ways. Obviously, they upgraded their coach. I don't think anybody would dispute that. Michelle Therrien had been on the hot seat for for a couple of years there, and they got a top-five coach in the league handed to them by a division rival, which makes it even better. So, I mean, that's that's the obvious part of why it's a good thing. But the, the maybe less obvious but even more important part is this is the kind of move that a team makes when they are actually trying to win. This mm. is the kind of move a team makes when winning a Stanley Cup is more important than staying friends with their friends and, and not making moves and not sticking their neck out and potentially putting their own job on the line. That should be an obvious thing that every team does, but it's not. Not in this league. So when you see a team kind of push their chips into the middle and say, you know, no, we're actually here to win... Uh, that's that that makes me a little bit nervous as a fan of a team that's stuck in their division. So what you're telling me is, Sean McIndoe, you think it's smarter to 
immediately do something quickly to help your team get better as opposed to, say, letting a coach stick around for an extra two years and then openly weeping at the press conference where you fire him about how much you love him, waiting too long to make a change. You're, you're telling me immediate change for the better of the team is better than not upsetting your BFF. I think you I think you take the opportunity where it wow. comes, yeah. That's crazy and, talk. And, and, you know, here's the thing. I mean, I, I know you're referencing what Doug Armstrong and the Blues did. In a sense, I mean, you could maybe point to Mark Bergevin as well and say that he sort of did that with Terry, and then maybe there was a time last year where this move should have been made. But in this case where you've got a guy who hits the market, not to mention a French-speaking coach, which for Montreal is is pretty much a must-have. Do you speak French? I, I speak high school French, which is to say no. I don't speak French. <laughs> I was just seeing if you were up for the job in five years. Never mind. Go ahead. I could. Well, I, I, I better French than Randy Cunningworth, so maybe. I was at the Garden during that little like time when he was the interim coach, and like he did the thing where he switched over and tried to talk a little French, and it was just like, oh yeah, you're not going to get the full time gig, buddy. No, as anyone who's ever you're, you're trying, if you've ever had to stand in front of a class and like give a book report in French when you don't speak <laughs> French, like I felt, I've never had like that level of uh, of sympathy for an NHL coach where I'm like, I know exactly how you feel right now. You got the the same look in your eye. Bonjour. Uh, bonjour, la media. Uh, Carrie Price, es mon goaltender, ce soir. Yeah, it's pretty good. Puis-je aller à la salle de bain? Oh, Je, yeah, you're way above high school. J'ai oublié mon stylo. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, but, but Claude Julien will have no such trouble. And it's, you know... Like when when they made this move, I think just about everyone was like, "Yeah, that's that's the smart move. That's the upgrade." And yet, would it have surprised anybody if they didn't do this? Yeah, no, that would have been the typical NHL move: is you just you know you kick the can down the road, you don't make any changes. In the small picture of what happened in the last week, I love this for Montreal. Bigger picture, we can't ignore the fact that they may have traded PK Subban because they felt like they had to choose between player and coach, and they decided to stick with the coach, and, and he lasted half yeah, a season. I don't know. I think that ran a little deeper than Terry. And oh, I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Like, we're going to hear stuff in, like, two years probably about, like, the real reason why or something, like, nothing like nefarious. But going back to your point, though, about Bergevin waiting the full year, I'm okay with it because last year, once Carey Price was done, they were done. There was no point in rushing to get rid of Michelle Terrian. You wait around, you see what you got, and then who are you going to replace him with? There's nobody out there. So as soon as the guy came available, that was much better in a top three coach. I mean, he waited, what, three days, four days? Did it on the bye week? Everything synced up perfectly. The thing that's weird, though, is that you were saying is, why would Boston let it happen? Yeah. Like, why would they do that? Technically, you don't fire a coach. You relieve the coach of his duties, which is to say he's still under contract to you, uh, even though he's going to sit at home and not, not do anything. Which means the Bruins still have the right to decide right. who he's allowed to to talk to about about taking a job. Montreal can't just call him up the next day. They have to call Boston and say, may we have permission? And Boston is within their rights to say, no, you don't. You can't talk to this guy. You know what? I've had three levels on this. Wow, three. Level one was when it first happened, you know, I saw somebody go, you know, Boston would have had to grant permission. My first level was, that's crazy. Why would you let your so-called biggest rival hire your coach. And then after about an hour, I moved on to level two, which was, you know what? You fired the guy. You don't want him working there anymore. Why stand in his way? If he can get a better job or more money somewhere else, 
why not do the right thing as to a fellow human being? Let him go take the job. He's not doing anything. You don't want him to hang around and scout or take a front office job. You're not losing anything. If they blocked him and, and word of that got out, then we'd probably all criticize him for not letting him go. So I kind of settled in like, you know, maybe maybe this was okay. But then level three, I thought about it more here and level three is like you're trying to make the playoffs. And if you make the playoffs, there's a really good chance you're going to play the Montreal Canadiens. There's a chance of that, yeah. which means you're going to be facing a guy who has coached your team for years and years and years, who knows your team better, probably better than literally anyone working in that organization right now, the, the strengths and weaknesses and everything. And you just let him go. And it's not, you know, I know some people have said, well, this is the Bruins being cheap because they, they get out from under the contract. And I've had, had people from the other side say, this is the Bruins not preventing him from, from getting another job. But what we've heard is that there were lots of teams that were asking to talk to him. So he was going to get a job somewhere. He was going somewhere, whether that was Vegas or one of the other openings or, or some other team that was going to do what Montreal did. So, I mean, maybe you're costing him money and maybe it's the opportunity he wanted, but you're, you're not costing him a job by saying no on this. To get back to this idea of are we trying to win or not, if I'm Don Sweeney or Cam Neal, whoever gets that phone, I don't know how it works, whoever gets that phone call saying, can we have permission to talk to Claude Julian, which apparently happened on Sunday, there's a part of me that A, I say, no, you may not. And B, I then wait a couple days and I call up a Montreal media member that I'm friendly with. And I say, hey, do you want, you didn't hear from me, but do you want a scoop? The Montreal Canadiens are searching around for a new coach and you just lob that grenade into mm. their situation. Wow, you're devious, man. If they really were a rival and I really was trying, I mean, this, you know, they're in my division. This is the number one team in the division that I'm presumably trying to win. I don't know, man. Like I, I, I'm all for being being good guys when it doesn't come at any sort of significant cost. But <laughs> I got a, I got a hard time justifying letting your your coach go to your so called biggest rival in the middle of a season where you might be playing them in the playoffs in a few months. Well, the odds of them playing the Canadians in the playoffs aren't great. I don't think because if they were to play the Canadians in the playoffs the Canadians would have to slip back like six points to fall behind Ottawa. So if over the last 25 games or whatever they fall back, you're probably not too worried about the Canadians anyway in the first round, no matter who's coaching them. So in that case, you're just like, well, fine, let's bring Claude here. We know Claude just as well as Claude knows our players. We know what he's going to do before he does it. Maybe there's some of that. But at the end of the day, I mean, he served that team for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like... It's not like yeah. it's not like he forced his way out. Like I get what you're saying about not wanting to help out not, a division it's, rival. You know, it's not like he's going to be unemployed, you know, out of the league because you played hardball. To me, I, I don't think it's wrong to say we'll grant permission to teams outside our division, but during the season, not within our division. In the off season, we'll talk about it if it's if he's still out there. But again, I don't feel like that's an unreasonable stance to take. How much longer was Julian signed for? Another year after this? Another year. Yeah. But and so I've seen people say, well, you know, the Bruins are saving four million bucks on the next year and a bit of his contract. But it wasn't going to be a year and a bit unless he decided to just take time off or, or whatever. You know, it's not like his phone wasn't going to ring. He was going to be number one in line for any job that opened up that he wanted and maybe... In the case of Montreal, some jobs that opened up that wouldn't otherwise be open if he hadn't been on the market. I think that's clearly what happened here. Mark Bergeron is saying, oh, the timing had nothing to do with what Boston did. Yeah, okay. 
Yeah, sure, sure it didn't. <laughs> never, never trust a guy wearing a Technicolor suit to tell you the truth when he's talking into a microphone. That's what I've exactly. learned. That's what I've learned in life. But I mean, if he's under contract for another year and a half, and they're going to fire Michelle Terry in any way, to me, like there's really no difference between letting him have the job now and letting him have the job in June. So I don't know. I, I guess unlike you, I am a magnanimous great person who is who wants yeah. to reward my my friends and, and coaches loyalty by letting him no. go and be happy somewhere else i'm hearing myself talking i'm like i can't let my kids listen to this podcast <laughs> where daddy's like always do the right thing if it is convenient and doesn't cost you in any way otherwise screw everybody why did you push that kid down at dodgeball well it was the only way i could win daddy and i heard you say you have to do everything you can to beat your rivals oh god what have i done <laughs> Uh, that's it. Scratch future NHL GM off your list, kiddo, because you're never going to make it with that attitude. I, I I get what you're saying. I just I don't know. I I'm okay with it. I, I don't like being lied to. Like Mark Berger, Mark Bergerman. This was somebody like Arpin Basu posted a story yesterday where Mark Bergerman was like, "Hey, you know, we're not mortgaging the future coming up here in the, at the trade deadline. We're not going to do anything crazy. You know, just because we got this this guy now, we're not all in." Well, it's like, all right, well. Like a month ago, you were like, Michelle Terrian is my boy. I'm not getting rid of my boy. I love Michelle Terrian. We're in a foxhole together. Yeah, he's fired. And like four months before that, he was like, look, no one's trading P.K. Subban, guys. I don't know where you're getting this stuff from. And then like two days later, he traded P.K. Subban. So if he's all in, I think this is great. If he goes out and gets some sort of – I keep seeing they want to get a they want to get a top-line center, but I don't know who that guy is. Does that guy ever exist at the trade deadline anymore? Is there ever like a top-line center out there? Well, Matt Duchesne. But every every yeah. single – Every single NHL GM wants to get better at the deadline, but they want to make it very clear that they are not trading right. anything of any value. I love how like every <laughs> NHL market has that one reporter who's got to write the story about like well, prices are way too high, and, there's, and you know because of the way it is this year, we've got twenty nine twenty nine NHL markets that are writing about how Joe Sakic is asking just way too much, and oh, it's, isn't it crazy how much this guy wants? And it, you know, it's it's like. Holy smokes, man! Like make it, make the team buy advertising in your newspaper if you're gonna. Wow! If you're gonna do that. Well, here's the thing too: is I don't think Duchesne's gonna be available now. I think Duchesne goes in the summer. So if you're just looking at like those, yeah, one year rental guys. There was an interview with Joe Sack. I don't know if you saw it in in the Denver paper. I didn't read it. Where some somebody somebody said it to me because I, I wrote a piece on Tuesday. I called it the timid GM's guide to never making a trade. Because clearly, that's what these guys want. None of these guys ever want to actually do that part of their job anymore. So I sort of wrote a tongue-in-cheek guide for them on how to go about accomplishing that and, and what cliches to spew and what mindless strategic stakes to plant in the ground and, and all of that stuff. Joe Sackick had an interview this morning. I swear, he must have made a bingo card out of that article. <laughs> just gone to fill the whole thing in. Because he was lit, like almost word for word in a couple of cases. He's... You know, it was, it was, we're not going to make a deal just for the sake of making a deal. And we're, you know, oh, we're yeah. going to do, and it's, and the other classic one is the off season is the time to make those trades. Mm. Like, when did that happen? That it became too complicated to make a trade in the NHL during the season. You see that in a lot of places now. People say, like, there's only three weeks to the trade deadline. There's not enough time to pull this together. And it's like, do you guys know how the real world works? Like, in other <laughs> industries, transactions a lot more complicated then one player for one other player and a draft pick can get thrown together in less than a month. Like it, this isn't like, I, I get that it's complicated. I get that it's hard. Is it though? I don't think it's as hard as they like, cause think about it. All right. Let's say you're a GM and I, I let's say you're the Canadians and I'm, I'm Colorado and I call you up and I'm like, Sean, 
Hey, Dave Sackick over here in Colorado. I got Matt Duchesne. You interested in Matt Duchesne? Yes. There, look at that. We, Boom. We, we've, we've already we've, yeah. we're, we're halfway there. We start we start mentioning guys. Hey, how about uh yeah. how about the how about how about Danelli? Would you put him in the trade? Oh, you man. start mentioning guys, and and all the guys that you mention have been heavily scouted. I've got a database in front of me with all of their career everything. numbers and everything I need to know. Everything they have standard player contracts <laughs> that we all have access to that are virtually identical, other than than the dollar values involved. You know, apart from you know certain uh, like bonuses stuff like that yeah, yeah bonuses yeah, yeah. and no trade clauses are pretty much the only things that can change right. there, there's nothing it, you know it, there's no this isn't wayne gretzky with a personal services contract to the owner <laughs> that that has to be figured out it's standard basic stuff like it, my thing is with these gms is i i get like i get that making a trade is hard this is your job jobs are supposed to be hard if your job was easy anybody could do it and you wouldn't be getting paid a million bucks a year so yeah, do like, and and I love every time I hear a GM talk about how hard it is to make a trade. I like to picture anyone else in his organization saying the same thing. Like, imagine his starting goaltender has a bad game, and they're like, "What happened?" And he's like, "Man, it's just hard to stop the puck, man. I just couldn't do it tonight. It's just really hard." Or like your first, you know, your first line center that makes seven million. And you're like, "You haven't scored in ten games," and he's like, "Yeah, it's hard. I don't know. I don't know what you expect." Or or the coach, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to win games, man. Like every one of those guys would be gone from that job immediately if they said that, because people would lose their minds. And yet GMs just get up there and they're like, "It's hard," and everyone's like, "Yeah, that, it does seem hard." And they pat them on the head and <laughs> off they go. And they all, t- you know, right now we're all it's, we're all buying it hook, line, and say, "Yeah, in the offseason. you know." And I'd be like, "Yeah, thinking about doing this. I kind of like this angle over here. This thing's happening there." And somehow the conversation would always like descend into this 35-minute diatribe about how busy he is where he is and how tough it is for him over there to make time to talk to me. And I'm just like, uh, I'm guessing you make more money than me. So we could trade jobs right now if you want, and I could take on those responsibilities, and you could do my job that I don't complain about to you every single time we talk. And those people... I don't know what it is. It, it reminds me of the the Seinfeld episode where George has to like pretend like he's really busy all the time, so he just acts like he's frustrated, and everyone's like, "Wow, he must be doing a great job." There's something to that. There's something to like acting yeah. like you're super busy, and people just assume you have a really hard, complicated job they couldn't possibly do. Which again goes back to how there's hockey people, quote unquote, and then like people like us who don't understand the job, and that's totally true to an extent but at the same time give me like a year a year like internship working under joe sackick and then give me the job and see how many times i complain about it when someone's like hey man you want to trade matthew shane yes i'm and i'm going to because it's pretty easy to do actually and also you know i'm looking around the league right now and and you see like you know people everyone say well there's so much parody there's so much parody great so if there's so much parody that's all the more reason to go out and try to make your team better and i would be looking around at all these teams that are you know, there's probably 10 teams that think they can win the Stanley Cup, 10 more teams that think they can make the playoffs. And if I'm Joe Sackick, I'm sitting here going, now's the time I can squeeze somebody and get and get right. something as in, as opposed to waiting for the offseason. Everyone likes their team in the offseason. Every offseason, people always think everything's going to be fine. We're going to be good. We're going to be contenders. But they don't want to do it. They kick the can down the road but why though why colorado now because they're they're not like they're not like six points out of the playoffs they're they're like 40 points out of the playoffs right now they're they're in the perfect position where they can dump the seller yeah they're they're sellers in a market with two sellers and you know you are never going to have a better time never to make a trade and again like uh, we're not behind the scenes maybe he's maybe the offers he's getting are terrible uh you know who knows but 
you know, it, it, you're never going to have a better, more unbalanced market to work with than you do right now. Don't tell me about the salary cap. You know, Matt Duchesne makes six million, so you bring that. That's that's two million in terms of real cap hit right now. You take back every team's got one bad four five million dollar contract. You take that back. You eat that. The the salaries work, or you retain salary. You do whatever. I mean, there he's only got another year on his deal, so you can retain salary to to make that work. It's the salary cap does is not. It's an excuse. It's a complicating factor, but if you can't get past that after 12 years of having the salary cap in this league, then you're not good at your job. And plus, also, 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 their 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 first pick is going to be Nolan Patrick, so they're going to they're going to add another forward. You know what I mean? Like they need they need other yeah. players besides forward. So why not just ship out the guy who's making six, bring in the guy who's going to have an entry level deal? It's it's like honestly, like nobody has ever had an easier situation to make a trade than Joe Sackick does right now, and it still woes me. Uh, oh, Sean, it's so hard. Uh. Here's the other one, because I, I really thought that I had heard it all in terms of the excuses that these guys would trot out to not do their jobs. But there was a new one this week, and I I have literally read it three times. Three very good hockey writers all made the exact same point within like two days of each other. Okay. I think I think James Myrtle was the first, and then and Craig Custance and Pierre Lebrun both wrote almost word for word the same basic idea, which means there is somebody out there who is suddenly putting this out there as as their latest reason why you can't make trades. And it, it goes something like this. If you acquire a player who's not a rental, mm-hmm. so Matt, Matt Duchesne, you know, or, or any you know, anybody like that who signed through this year, you acquire them, you've got the expansion draft in the back of your mind, which means if you bring in a guy like Matt Duchesne, for example, you can protect seven forwards. He's going to take one of those spots. He's going to bump somebody off your list, which means you're not just giving up the assets it takes to get Matt Duchesne. You are giving up those assets plus the forward that you're going to lose because Matt Duchesne took his spot on your protected list. Oh. Let's let let's deconstruct why this is total bullshit. Go in. Go because, in hard. Because it is. All right. If, First of all, you know, I hate to break this to NHL GMs. You're going to lose somebody at the expansion draft. <laughs> That's just it. You're losing one player, okay? And history tells us we've got, you know, you look at the last 30 years of expansion drafts, and this one is being done under essentially the same rules. History tells us there's going to be virtually no impact players of any kind None. that are going to be lost by anybody. But yeah, you're going to lose somebody off your roster that you like. That's how this works, Okay. If you've got seven forwards that you want to protect, you know, you're going to lose your eighth best forward, let, let's say. You bring in Matt Duchesne, you bump down, okay, so now you're going to lose your, your seventh best forward. Is there that big a gap between those two guys? No. Like, no. If, you're, if you're one of those, if you have seven good forwards and then a huge drop, then yes, don't go and get Matt Duchesne, fine. But most teams don't. And, and, and look... So yeah, so now you you lost your seventh forward, but guess what? You just gained your eighth because he was you were going to lose him anyways. So you're, I mean, it's a minor it's a minor thing. But also, also another thing to consider there too is is that not every team is going to lose their seventh best forward. Some right. some, some teams are going to lose like their thirteenth best forward because somebody wants to get a depth guy that makes six hundred fifty thousand dollars and is just right. that guy. Like you you don't know who you're going to lose for sure anyway. <sighs> Two other things that bug me about that. First of all, let's let's set aside the fact that it's nonsense. 
let's for de- let's play devil's advocate and say that that's true. Okay, if that's how it works, it should work the other way. Isn't that now a reason for Joe Sackick to move Matt Duchesne? Because now he gets to keep an extra. He doesn't just get the assets in picks and prospects. Uh. He gets this extra forward on his own team. Like, does it work both ways? But of course, it doesn't work both ways because it never works both ways in this league because the only point of this stuff is to give these guys excuses not to make trades. That's the only reason. And 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 I'll say this last thing because in, when when Pierre Lebrun wrote about it today, he 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 used Columbus as a just as an as an example. Not that he's saying Matt Duchesne's on his way to Columbus, but but just as an example. And I'm trying. I think the player he used was was like Josh Anderson. Which first of all, right there, if you're not acquiring Matt Duchesne because of Josh Anderson, then <laughs> something's you're you're clawing for excuses at that point. But. You know, he he was saying like that's the guy that's going to get bumped off the list if they bring in Matt Duchesne. They have to protect him. Now they're going to lose Josh. And all right, here's an idea, guys. And the, far be it for me to tell you, highly paid, highly experienced GMs how to do your job. But let me just throw an idea at you. Just do it. Put Josh Anderson in the trade. <gasps> if you're going to lose him anyways, why don't you put him in the trade to make it a little easier to get the deal done? With Colorado, but wait, then you're going to lose your sixth best forward. Isn't, isn't that how it works? Oh my good, no, because <laughs> Duchesne goes in, Anderson goes out, you end up losing the exact same guy you'd always lose. Mm. It works out, but you know, again, that's that's not the point of this stuff. The point of this stuff is to get all your excuses in a row, to condition as many fans as possible to think that you can't make a trade, and to use whatever twisted, stupid logic you can put out there uh, in order to make sure that nobody expects you to actually do your job. And at the end of the day, uh, you know, and I've, I've ranted about this before and I'm sure I will again, but at the end of the day, I don't blame these GMs. I, I got parts of my job that are hard that I'd like to not do as well. And if people let me get away with it, I wouldn't do it. This is on us as fans. If you're a fan of, you know, of the Winnipeg Jets or the Red Wings, or we could go down a list of teams that need to make a move but don't seem to want to. If if you accept it and you put up with it and you go, oh yeah, it's hard to make trades. That you know what you're get you're gonna get what you deserve. You're the customer. If the, if you're satisfied with this this level of work from the guy who's supposed to be in charge of putting a championship on the ice for you, then good for you. And yeah, I've I've got no sympathy because you're you're getting exactly what you deserve. All right, I'm 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 looking at cap friendly right now, and I'm looking at the Colorado Avalanche forwards. The guys, every every forward is available. Okay. One, Nathan McKinnon. Let's say they don't do anything, right? One, Nathan McKinnon. Two, Matt Duchesne. Three, Gabriel Andeskog. Four, Carl Soderberg. Uh, who else would they keep here? Five, Matt Nieto, I guess they would keep. Uh, you have six Joel Col- Joel Colburn and then seven Blake Como. Like, I mean, their their seventh forward that they have to protect isn't really great anyway. Everybody else is either not eligible yeah. or not worth protecting or a UFA. So, okay, I mean, Joe, Joe Colburn had just didn't he just go like forty games without without a goal? He had a hat trick in the opener and then he didn't score fifty games. Like, are you worried about having yeah. to bump Joe Colburn off your team if you trade for two forwards or something? Like, I don't understand. Like here, here's the list of teams that have real pressing expansion draft problems. A handful of teams that have situations with goaltenders, like the you know the Penguins with Flurry and Murray, and and that's going to get solved because Flurry's going to waive his his no movement. But right now they have that. Number two, the, the Anaheim Ducks with their defensemen, mm-hmm. definitely an issue. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's the list. Other than that, everyone else has like minor problems. And by the way, they're minor problems you can solve with a phone call. You call up George McPhee, you say, I'll give you a third round pick if you don't touch this guy. George McPhee doesn't, he, he doesn't care about your third line winger that's going to score 15 goals that you're so in love with. He, yeah, give me the pick. I'm going to try to stockpile as many picks as I can because I've got three years where we're going to be a novelty act and, and we don't have to be good. And I got to get as much future assets as I can during that time. Problem solved. You could do it today. I, they can't. It's a top prospect. It's a defenseman in Cody Cece who hasn't shown a ton in the NHL. He plays a lot of minutes. He's an NHL player, but that's about it at this point. And a first round pick in a terrible draft that's probably going to be around, what, 20th. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's not, if that's unreasonable for Joe Sackick, if, if Joe Sackick is, is putting that offer out there and people are hanging up the phone and saying you're being unreasonable, then you know what? That to me is a reason for him not to make a deal right now. But, you know, expansion draft, this and that, get out of here. Ottawa gave up Silverberg and a first for Bobby Ryan, didn't they? Isn't that, yeah. Wasn't that part of the deal for a winger that isn't really that mm-hmm. good? Uh, Duchesne's and, better. And made him their highest paid player, yeah. and now he doesn't score anymore. And he's locked in for another I don't know, four or five years or something. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's strange. I, I got to tell you, Ottawa, <laughs> this Matt Duchesne thing, I'm, it, it makes me laugh because... Ottawa has made a handful of big deals over the years. The Bobby Ryan deal, I mean, that was a that was a reasonably big deal. But they, I got to tell you, this organization are the masters at creating the public perception that they were right in on somebody who then ended up going somewhere else. Yeah, like every free agent, every big, they always make like they ah uh, just missed. To, to, they have finished second <laughs> on more guy. And that's fine. You know, I'm not there. It's a well-run organization. They draft great. They've, you know, the, the prospect pipeline's always good. They, they are, they're overachieving this year. But they they are just really, really good at creating the perception that they were just right in there and then backed away at the last second because the price got too high. Uh, and and it's it's that's smart. It's a good way to make sure your fan base isn't isn't screaming for anyone's head if if you underachieve year after year. You have any you have any happy things we, we should talk about this week? Any anything good? No. No, nothing. None at all. Someday we all die, folks. Just want y'all to know that. Life is life is uh short. Here's a segue. Hmm. We will all die someday. And <laughs> if you're an NHL player, it's possible that the way you will die is by getting pitchforked in the face uh, uh by a high stick by a player who will then get a six-game uh, suspension. I forgot about that. I, I mean, I, I forgot about it, but like, I didn't forget about it. Gustav Nyquist gets six games. Six for high-sticking a guy in the face. First of all, first of all, I, 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 wrote, I wrote about this today, and I, I regret not thinking of it until it was too late. It's wrong to call it a high stick because he fucking speared him in the face. That wasn't a high stick where like he caught him under the chin, lifting his stick or something like that. Like he took the he took his blade and he drove it into his face, like he was spearing a guy in the nuts. Only this in this case, his face were the nuts. Like six games for that. It's insane. And what's more insane is like I understand that when you go to have the hearing, you got to have some sort of defense. Like you got to make up something, right? And his defense was well. 
you know what? After he after he, he he hit me, I wanted to retaliate by cross checking him. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to bring my stick around the back of his back, and then cross. that's not what you do when you're angry. When you're when you're when you're pissed off and want to hit somebody, you're you're just you just want to say or do something that's going to hurt that person in the moment. You're not like hmm. I want to retaliate, but I want to find the right level of retaliation. Now, sticking him in the face would be wrong. So what I want to do is cross-check him, but I just couldn't get my stick around his body and my blade hit him in the face. And, and player safety went, yeah, 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 that sounds, that sounds right. That sounds so good. So it's, it's, it's like if I decide I'm going to shoot you, and in the process of like getting my gun out, I accidentally stab you. <laughs> and then I'm like, I didn't mean to shoot him. And people are like, yeah, okay, good that's we'll let you we'll we'll lower it on that like it was weird because the the department of player safety in their video they accepted his explanation accepted it then they explained why that didn't matter but then they they still gave him six games like i i i feel like i defend the department of player safety as much as anyone i think they have an impossible job i think they are working in parameters given to them by the league and its gms uh, and I think they, they put a lot more work and thought into this than most people think they do. But I, I mean, I can't, I can't defend six games six for that kind of, games. I mean, there, there's no, when Duncan Keith hit Charlie Coyle on the face, like it was sort of the same thing, but like he's on his back and he's just like swinging his stick. He's like, screw it. I want to hit this guy with my stick. And I think it just kind of happened to hit Charlie Coyle on the face. Like, like Nyquist lined up the dude's face. Like if his stick is just like six inches to the left, like that dude's eye is still on the ice, but didn't get his eye, so hey, six and the whole thing too. Where they, oh well, they, they they think about it for a long time. Like I, I don't know that. I I I feel like some people in the room do. I think other people are just like, eh, six, six is fine. You like six? Six is good. Uh, all right, fine, six. Like I I don't I don't think any I don't think you're, I think it's like it's like poker where it's like well if you think wrong you think long. Like I think if you're thinking too long about this, if you're overcomplicating a guy getting speared in the freaking eyeball almost by a guy because he was mad that he got hit from behind, and you're like six games because you're worried about an appeal, you're worried about something else. Like yeah, and that's and that's the weird thing because they have this cutoff right. If it's five, if, if they do a phone hearing, they can only go five. If they do an in-person hearing, then it's six or more. So in theory, when they offered him an in-person hearing, they had they were strongly leaning towards six or more. And then they ended up at six. I don't know. And, and and like the video itself that they put out to explain the decision, like literally said this could have been a serious or career ending injury. Yes. Yes. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know, maybe eight guys, like ten? I mean, you know, I don't know. Because when Duncan Keith got six, it was one regular season and five playoff games, right? That's how it broke down? Uh, I thought it was the other way around. Oh, right, 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 right. One. So but playoff games count for like 10 in, in this league, so I don't know. Great. So in a way, this suspension's less than Keith's if you want to look at it like that. Yeah, I don't I, I don't, I don't get it. And then I guess from the, the other thing related to that, the other big suspension that's coming is, is Antoine Vermette. Who decided to be a good idea to slash a linesman? Yeah, I, 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 we were talking about that yesterday. Like, I like he he should totally get ten games, and like he, because you should get ten games for that. But like, I get what he was doing. Like, he was just kind of like giving the guy a love tap. Like, come on, man, I wasn't ready. But the guy skated away from him, and so like he kind of had to reach and lunge to do it, so it looks worse. Like, if he had just given him like a little pat on the butt while he was still like a foot away from him, I mean, maybe that's still suspendable. I don't know, yeah. but I don't know. I, I that that one. Like, like to me, like for him to get the same suspension that Dennis Wyvin got for murdering a linesman seems weird to me too. Yeah, but, but he, which, well, yeah, I guess, yeah, ultimately 
Weidman did get it reduced. Like, this is a weird one because it's completely different than the way that the player suspensions are, are handed out. Like when it's like it, a, a player does something to a player, who knows? I mean, every everything's in play. Maybe it's a fine. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's five games or 10 or one or two or whatever. If it's, if it's an official, if it is with the exception of, unless it's after an altercation, if you make contact with an official, like it's, it's 10 games or 20 games. That's it. Like, I mean, Vermette is assuming, you know, this is, we're recording this Thursday afternoon. I don't think it had been, it's been officially decided what category the league is putting it in, but assuming it's 10, like he can appeal, but the, like the league can't come back and go, yeah, okay, uh, we're reducing it to eight games. Like it's, it's, it's 10 games is the minimum and it can't be changed. Uh, I mean, he, he can appeal for the sake of, I, I don't even know why he would honestly, because this is not a situation where I, I see any way that they can, they can get out from the fact that this is a, that th- there's, there's the intent to injure category, which is what Dennis Weidman originally got, which is 20 games. And then there is the contact with the official that's not intent to injure, but still inappropriate contact, which is clearly where Vermette fits in. And it's 10 games. And that's, you know, end of story. Like the, the rule book literally says there, there is no room to reduce that number down unless you reduce the category, which in this case doesn't apply. Did you did you see the the clip of I want to say it was PK Subban he was on the ice after a fight and a linesman was on top of him and like Subban slugged the linesman like kind of near the nuts area and and and, and then he, and then he, and then he hit him in the face like he's, he's clearly trying to get to the guy who he was messing around with but I mean yeah. I, if I'm a linesman and like a guy kind of just gives me a little poke or a jab on my leg with a stick like ah I'm not a fan of that. I'm going to go talk to him, but whatever. But if a guy slugs me in the balls while I'm doing my job to break up a fight, like shouldn't that be worth something? Like why? I don't understand yeah. why we're just picking this, this one out. And that is, yeah, that's that weird kind of category three where if it's an altercation, yeah, then it starts at three games, which, you know, makes sense in a way because, you know, if a guy's just been in a fight, like if he's been throwing haymakers and taking haymakers three seconds ago, you know, maybe the judgment isn't going to quite be there if he, you know, yanks a linesman or something like that to try to try to get at a guy or, or whatever it is. But um, yeah, you're right because we, we've seen linesmen get you know punched right in the mouth, and it's like oh yeah, that happens. But the tap on the back of the leg is is ten, but it has to be. I mean, my, just... my balls, my balls are worth ten games. Back of my leg, three. That's how I look at it. Yeah, maybe maybe the linesman should be able to like bank a few of those games, like. Knock it down to five and let me put five games in my back pocket to hand out to whoever I want. <laughs> like if Sean Thornton like like slugs me in the face in the middle of a fight with like Michael Haley, I get to like uh, I don't know. I'll I'll, get, I'll make that five. Let's just not let's not give these all out to, to poor Antoine Vermette, yeah. who by the way they're not going to miss for like two seconds if he's out ten games anyway. So no, not at all. That's going to be the most half-hearted like defense <laughs> by the team. Like, oh yeah, no, no, don't. No, don't stop. suspend him, please. No, we're suspending him. Okay, we tried. Like Willy Wonka, please stop. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> we need you. Uh, are you are you enjoying uh, are you enjoying bye week uh, having eight different teams not playing right now? I don't even notice. Honest to God, like there's so many. Like, <laughs> like honestly, I was I was at the Devils Colorado game on Tuesday. I'm going to the Ottawa Devils game tonight. I'm going to the Ranger game on Sunday afternoon against the Caps. Like when like when like eight teams are off. I barely notice. Honestly, I, like seriously, I, I noticed because 
it was Florida San Jose last night, which is why I referenced Sean Thornton and Michael Haley. Like, why why is Michael Haley on the Sharks? By the way, that's another story. But I mean, if if it means that like the usual teams aren't going to be on NBC every week, that's 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 one good thing to come out of it, right? Something, yeah, something, yeah. That's good times. Mm-hmm. I don't. Know, it's just I I found it weird that you know you have these bye weeks spread. Like, it'd be like if the NFL just was like, yeah, we're gonna have like one or two teams have their bye week every week, and then like half of the AFC is just going to be gone in one week. They do that. They do that, they do that sometimes. They have like, they, go, they go to six. I think six teams is the most yeah. that they do. The NHL's got eight going. But the flip side is it's good because it's finally going to fix some of these ridiculous games in hand situations where like, yeah, we're two points up. Yeah, but the team chasing has five games in hand. So you're right. not. Oh, my God. They- we're in a playoff spot. No, you're not. They could lose three games and still pass you. <laughs> because of the stupid loser point so you're yeah you're not you're not going i was thinking that last night when they showed like the standings in the east and the west like they should just stop showing points for the first 55 games because of how that works they should just show points percentage and games remaining so you can kind of figure out where but again that's like another complicated thing the nhl is doing for no reason is this bye week which but it, it's only for this year too right it's only because of the world cup is why they did it like they're not going to do this again next year are they it's just a one-off i think i thought it was something negotiated uh with with the players as part of the last year's weird all-star game thing i don't know i don't know how the olympics would affect it maybe uh maybe they would but i i thought it was a oh. i thought it was a new permanent thing but apparently now a lot of teams are saying they don't, like the coaches don't like it nobody does like, like yeah like ask- which normally if a coach doesn't like something put like put me down in favor if coaches <laughs> are complaining good Michelle Terrian probably doesn't like the bye week very much right now you know what this goes back to the whole trading guys thing like this is the time to make trades you're off, for, you think? you're off for five days. There's a bunch of other teams off for five days. You can probably find a trade partner there. Guys are guys are on a tropical island. You know, hey, I got some good news for you, buddy. Yeah, what is it? Well, we're shipping you from Colorado to Montreal. Hey, it's great. What, what do I got to report? No, 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 not for another two days. Great. All right, I'm going to stay with the family in Turks and Caicos for the next two days. The, got uh, Han Solo. Got the, got the president. The president yeah. and the... You got the fugitive, which isn't really an action movie, but it's kind of it's action, kind of is. It's actiony. There's action. He yeah. jump, he jumps off a goddamn waterfall. That's action, baby. That's an action. Exactly. Movie. There's a train crash and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's at least four. I, I feel like there's. I feel like there's more. I'm trying to think of like a mo- like you know what's funny is like the modern day version is probably like fucking Miles Teller because he's in like six Divergent movies and he's in he's in um what's the other one that's not Divergent with all the teens and they're and they're young. Yeah. yeah, whatever, but that, that's not... But, like, all right, Keanu Reeves, you got John Wick, John Wick 2, Three Matrixes. Um, I believe he played a samurai white guy once in a movie where he was <laughs> he was in Japan. That sounds like a very Keanu Reeves thing to do. Yeah, he's like, oh, I love being a samurai. Like, really? Where are you from? You're from California, aren't you? <laughs> California hasn't been found yet. We're in, the year, we're in the year, like, 1200 or whatever it is. Yeah, and... By the way, I, I feel like you haven't seen John Wick two for sure, but John Wick. You know 2, what? I haven't seen John Wick one, and it's on Netflix. Like, am I like? I, I should be watching this, right? Just set aside two hours. You don't All have right. you don't have to think about anything going on in that movie. It's just the guy gets his dog killed, and it's just murder for the next two hours. It's just revenge murder over a puppy for two hours, and the sequel somehow matches that. I don't know how they do it. Like they find a way to get him to murder people for two more hours over. Well, silly. clearly, clearly, I've got to see the first one because it sounds like I won't be able to follow <laughs> the second one if I if I don't have the backstory. Uh, so yeah, I go Harrison Ford over like I was gonna say like Stallone and Schwarzenegger, but I I might as well like nothing screams like old guy who stopped watching movies in 1991 like like basically 
going with the roster of the Expendables too. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, best answer. One more from uh, Dan Straight Edge, a, a multiple podcast enjoyer. He wants to know when you go to a restaurant, you have a nice meal. What is your preferred go-to dessert? Hmm. I like a good cheesecake. Yeah, cheesecake solid. A cheesecake or like a like I'm not one of these guys who wants like the brownie explosion <laughs> molten thing like i'm just like i just ate like i'm not i'm not even hungry anymore that'll be later when you get home <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly uh yeah i yeah i don't know well you said cheesecake so i can't do it. i'm gonna go i'm gonna go the uh give me a good classic apple pie being the being the canadian that i am good canadian apple pie yeah you, that that used to be the american thing but you guys have got your eyes on other things these days so we're just gonna borrow that and Make it our own. You guys can have, you can have the beaver tails. Oh come on! And thank you to everyone who sent me hate mail about beaver tails last week. By the way. Oh yeah, I I meant to bring that up. You, you hate you because now you've you've mentioned that you don't like poutine or poutine's overrated. You don't like beaver tails, and there was one other mm-hmm. thing too you mentioned on Twitter, and I forgot what it was, and you didn't like that either. And I was like, Jesus, does this guy like any sort of delicious sort of like food that's bad for you? What the hell was the third thing? Somebody was somebody was like, oh, don't tell me you don't like this too, and you were like, well, yeah, I don't I actually don't I don't like that. Either. Oh, uh, shawarma! Somebody mentioned shawarma. shawarma. Oh, shawarma is fantastic. Well, I you know what I said is a shawarma is, I, I, it's not that I don't like it. A shawarma like now like on a Thursday afternoon that's fine. That's that's good food. What I said was uh, I need it to be three a.m. Uh, and I need I need to be stumbling around on Elgin Street, and then the shawarma is the greatest <laughs> food ever made and the problem is once you've had that experience and then you go back to like thursday afternoon shawarma it's like oh this is this is just not not what it what it could have been but yeah no i got i I was surprised poutine didn't bother people but the beaver tail thing struck a nerve with a lot of the uh ottawa folks up here i think it's poutine week in brooklyn this week i my buddy sent me a text who lives in brooklyn he says they, they do like a Brooklyn poutine week. We did it last year, and I posted a picture of my poutine, and then I got made fun of for like two weeks because it wasn't really attractive-looking poutine. There were like cheese cubes that weren't melted properly, but I don't see. I don't that's it, like it was, it's, it it's these poutine poutine truthers who like it has to be <laughs> done in the exact right way, and it's like ah, oh, just give me some fries with gravy on it. And poutine was we're a, all set. Poutine was an inside job. Well, all right. Yeah. I, on that note. Um, I think we're gonna say we're gonna say goodbye. We covered a lot of wonderful things today that we don't like. We we got back to our roots. I feel like we were getting away from that in, in, in the past. We, we were talking about stuff we like too much. This was this was good yeah, today. It's good, and this hopefully this time next week we'll we'll have traits to talk about. Oh, stop it! Maybe come on. <sighs> yeah, you. I think you bet the under on the trading thing, so you're looking good right now. February sixteenth, twenty third. So we will actually probably not have a trade thing until two weeks from now because it'll be like March second when we come March back. March second, the yeah. day after the trade deadline, we'll probably have like four trades to talk about. Really break down that John Mitchell to the Rangers trade. Just sit down yeah. and really analyze what that's going to do for their fourth line. And then we can analyze all the depressing GM press conferences at like three o five when they come out and they're like, "Now nah, we're done." Yeah. <laughs> Wait, that's it. We tried, you know. There just wasn't a good fit out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, we worked. We, you know, a lot of phone calls. Well, I was. Oh, I'm so busy. Look, look how sweaty I am from all the phone calls. But in the end, I, I did absolutely nothing. It's kind of like my day in general too. So I can, I can sympathize. 
Uh, I got nothing I want you to check out. I just check out check out our Reddit AMA. Me and Sean and uh, Gregory Sanderson Wyshynski did about our book. Which again, I should plug it right now. Can't remember what it's called. Hundred NHL something or other. But uh, that was but, but the AMA, yes. the AMA was buy, buy our new though. book. Buy our new book, which involves you going to Amazon and typing <laughs> one hundred NHL into the search bar, and we're probably the first one that comes up probably one of the, one of the first two if, if it's not the first one it's the second yeah. one buy them both just to be just to be just to be sure and uh yeah and then i guess we'll we'll see you next week does that sound good yeah all right all right bye everyone see ya Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.